Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We begin this week learning Perkiavot, and we're in chapter 3, Mishnah 7, in which Rabbi Halafta Bendosa of Kefar Hananiah says, If ten people sit together and engage in Torah study, the Divine Presence is, is present among them. As it is said, God stands in the assembly of God. This is in Psalms 82.1. How do we know this is true, even of five? For it is said, He has established His bundle upon earth. Uh, how do we know this is true, even of three? For it is said, In the midst of judges, He shall judge. How do we know this is true, even of two? For it is said, Then those who fear Hashem spoke to one another. And Hashem listened and heard. How do we know this is true? Even of one. For it is said in every place where I cause my name to be mentioned. I will come to you and bless you. So this Mishnah what it's telling us. Is that the divine presence is more prevalent. When there's more people than the, when there's less people. And it's telling us here that it has a larger significance. When, for example, 10 people sit together and learn Torah or they pray because 10 is a, is a number, it's a whole number that really personifies the holiness of Hashem because Hashem is expressed in 10 different attributes which are 3 intellectual, Chokhmah, Bina, Dad, and 7 emotional uh, which are Hesed, Gevura, Tiferet, Netzachot, Yesod, and Malhut and between the seven and the three, it compromise. It, it, it becomes the ten attributes of Hashem, or the ten sefirot, as we know that now we're counting the Omer, and this completes the name of God. This makes the presence of Hashem complete. So it's, it's telling us here that we find that when there's ten people together, the presence of God is uh, is stronger. It says that's why it's for men it's so important to go and pray in a minion. A minion is 10 men. If there's 11 men, it doesn't matter. It has to be 10 men. They count 10 men. After 10, they don't count anymore. Because the, when there's 10 men praying together, the Shekhinah, it comes down. And in who knows, in the merit of who, the prayers will be answered. So the more, the, 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 if there's 10 people, the presence of God is even much much relevant. So we may gain an insight into this form of, of, of a question that the Talmud raises in discussing this Mishnah. Inasmuch as the divine blessing is bestowed even on one person, it's telling us that even if it's one person who's starting alone, then the Mishnah is saying that Hashem is also going to be there. But it doesn't mean that uh, He's not anywhere. God is everywhere. God is even in the worst places He's there. But what it means is that the more people that are praying, that are learning, then his presence is more, more uh, receptive to the learning and the prayers of the people because there's more, more merit. So the Talmud answers that although a single individual is indeed blessed for studying Torah, his mitzvah is not recorded in the Book of Remembrances as it is for two or more people. So Rabbi Tversky is telling us here that that this answer leaves something to be desired. What difference does it make whether it is recorded in the book of remembrances or not? 
Furthermore, what is meant by the book of remembrances? He's asking the question, what does this mean? So is, does God have a bad memory? If you pray to him today, he's not going to remember you prayed to him, even if you did it alone in your house. You have to go to a synagogue, be part of a minion for him to remember you. So what it's telling us here, and it explains by the Hasidic master, Rabbi V. Elimelech of Dinov, he says that Hashem doesn't need any reminders. He has a perfect memory. He has more than a memory. And um, he doesn't need to remember that you prayed. If there is a need for a memory, he doesn't need a memory aid. It is, and it is intended for humans, not for God. So what it means is that to be recorded in the Book of Remembrance is not for Hashem, it's for you. Is that you know that you prayed. So a person may indeed learn Torah on his own, but while he may achieve personal growth, uh, thereby he's not making an impact on anybody else. So if I'm learning Torah by myself and I never share it with anybody, I never put it in livealittlehigher.com or I don't learn with a friend or, or, or I don't teach another person, really I'm learning only for myself what remembrance is going to be there, who's going to remember I learned, what impact am I going to give to the world. But if I go out and I learn with people and I, and I learn from other people and we're learning together, then there's an effect on a bigger scale. <clears throat> so here it says, in particular, this is important for future generations, that they may not benefit much from an individual spiritually if it was not conveyed and shared with others. So there can be a great Talmud Haham, there can be a, an incredible sage, an incredible mind, uh, a very pious person, but if he's not out in the world sharing his knowledge and sharing what he knows and how he lives, and people are not uh, affected by him, then it's like he never came to this world, really, because he's going to live with everything he has, and he never gave it to anybody else. You know, today, people are more into sharing than what they were before. Like today, you see, people are sharing their recipes, people are sharing their knowledge, people want to teach the world what they know. In the olden days, like if you would ask uh, one of the ladies of the community a recipe for a cake, they would either not give it to you or they would give it in a wrong way. And you would go and do it and it never came out how her cake came out. So the world has become more into this in tune of sharing what, what it knows. And this in a certain way applies to this Mishnah. And this is what they're trying to tell us here. So it says here, that there is a natural tendency to revere one's ancestors, like we look at our great-grandparents, I see people who are not religious and they tell me, oh, my, my grandfather or my great-grandfather, he was a rabbi in Russia, they come from a, we come from a religious family. They're very proud of their, their background, they're very proud that they come from a, from a, a grandfather that was a rabbi and the values that were cherished by the grandparents do have an impact on future generations. Like people really thrive by what the gra grandparents give them. I, for me, my grandmothers were my role models. I, 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 many things that I do today, or if not everything I do today really, is by learning from them. So it says here that uh, Rabbi Tversky is telling us that he remembers an incident in a synagogue of his community, uh, which which the younger generation wanted to modify 
the status and the drift away from the traditions of its founders. It wanted to change the certain aspects of how the synagogue was run. And uh, he remembers that his father attended this, mem this meeting of the membership and he asked to speak. He, he went to there and he said that he took a, a volume of the Talmud that was in the library in one of the bookcases and turned its pages and at several places he found hairs of beards in the books, in the book, in the Talmud. And he took out a, a, one of these hairs and he said to the, to the younger generation, he looked at them and he says, you seem to think that your ancestors who founded this synagogue are no longer with us. You think they're long gone, they have nothing to do, people have changed, we have grown, there's, it's a new world, it's a new way of doing things. But indeed, they have passed on, but they left something behind of themselves so you can remember, you can remember what they did. You, you should never forget that they were the ones that came from Europe, they had no money, they, they worked very hard to build this community. And perhaps to remind you that they wish to remain with us. And that's why he found these hairs in the Talmud of the older generation that used to come and learn and learn and learn. So in spirit, if not in body. So you remember the saintly countenances of your Sadies, of your grandparents, and how you sat on their laps, perhaps stroking their flowing white beards, and feeling closeness not only to them, but to their Sadies as well. So when you connect to your grandparent, you're also connecting to their grandparent, because it's, it's a, one brings the other. And the, these hairs of, and of their beards, which come loose to the stroke their beards when they studied Torah, are here as reminders of who they were and whose footsteps you are to follow. So what he was telling us is Hashem doesn't have to remember that we learn, that we study, that we're doing. He knows exactly what we're doing, but we have to remember ourselves, where we come from, what our grandparents did, their efforts, their struggles. And, uh, and he ends up by saying God does not need a book of remembrance, for, but we do. The more people that join together to learn Torah, the greater an impression they leave on the future. And this is true in the study, of, if it, this is true in the study of Torah as well as in prayer, and it is our obligation not only to study Torah, but to preserve it and then transmit it to our children. Not only for us, it's for them too. And this is strengthened when we do it together. So union, being together, the more the merrier. Remember, we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to share the wealth, and in that way, we live a little higher. Thank you.